It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment and they choose any TV show they want to watch. We watch it and we talk about it and we talk about other, other, other bullshit as well. Um, today, my special guest is Fran Gillespie from uh, the improv group The Law Firm at UCB Theater and, uh, and also a mainstay of the theater and uh, a cool person. Hey, thanks. How you doing, Fran? I'm doing okay. Yeah, doing good. Just doing good? Yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty normal. Uh, middle of the road, I'd say. Oh, God, that's depressing. <laughs> um, um, thanks so much for coming over, Fran. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, so why don't you um, tell me what show you decided to watch? All right. I chose The X-Files. An episode called Home, which aired on Fox, but then was too like racy for it to ever air again. So it got um, uh, they never re-aired it or uh, played it again, and it only has been released on Netflix Instant in like the last year. And I think I read up a little bit um, on the show. I think they might have showed it on like a best of on FX or something, and it yeah, was, or fan favorites. Yes, because um, I've n- I don't think I've ever seen this episode. If I did, it was when it came out, and I don't remember it. Well, um, I never watched X-Files when um, it was on TV because uh, I was only allowed to watch one television show a week growing up, and um, it had to have some type of like uh, academic uh, purpose. My parents are both professors, and so in order for us to watch a TV show, we had to make a case for why the TV show is educational, and we could only watch one a- show a week. Wait, all together as a family can only watch one, or individually? Like, would you have to come to a decision as brothers and, and sisters? Well, I'm one of five, and um, we could choose our own shows, but it was really hard because, you know, we had like a small house. So if one sibling chose a show that other siblings didn't choose, we couldn't be near the playroom, which is where the TV was, <laughs> because then we'd overhear it. And um, we watched movies on the weekends, but we were not allowed to watch more than one show a week. But uh, strangely enough, we all chose The Simpsons, which aired on Thursday nights when I was growing up. So we would watch The Simpsons as a family. And then one year, when like sixth grade, we like made the argument that it was like cultural, whatever. I don't know. And then one year, I just felt left out at school um, because everybody was into Party of Five. Oh my God. So I made my show Party of Five, but it was when Party of Five was over. It was like the fourth season and it was when like Beverly Mitchell was like pregnant and like Aaron Carter was on the show. I mean, I chose a season of Party of Five when it was like done. The show should have been canceled. And I chose that over The Simpsons that year which was really just a really big mistake that's really that's amazing though that you're that was your um so the only tv tv show you really knew growing up was the simpsons that's right we also watched bulls games so uh but tv in terms of tv shows we could only watch one yeah so i only knew the simpsons i when south park was a thing Mm -hmm. we also didn't have cable and when south park started being a thing when we were in like maybe fifth grade that's when it came out. Um, no, I think that was 
Were, uh, maybe, are you the same Am I, as me? Oh, no. Maybe I was in sixth grade. I think I'm a year yeah, younger than you. Yeah, I think it came out when I was in seventh grade. Well, when it came out, everybody was talking about it, and I pretended I knew what it was when I had no idea because we didn't have cable and mm-hmm. I didn't watch TV or, you know, I only watched a half hour a week. And I thought when people were describing it, I thought it was real people. And I never, never fathomed it was an animated show for like a couple of years. For a couple of years? Did you see sw- all the t-shirts that people were wearing? I like swear to God, Park it just like didn't register to I me. I didn't really watch South Park when it came out. But, like, everybody wore South Park t-shirts. You'd think that it was... Yeah, but I think in my brain, I was like... I was like, like well, why, that- are they, why are they making all those cardboard cutouts of the main characters? <laughs> no. You know how when Bulls won championships, they would have those animated, like, shirts where right. they, like, animate the Bulls? <laughs> I think it was like, okay, South Park. Like, I had... South Park? Also- I was like, South Park. I had really no concept of what it was because i didn't watch tv well and uh we'll get to the show in a minute but all like when you oh two questions when you went over to like friend's house where you're like fiending for oh TV? fuck we also were not allowed to have like junk food so i would go to friend's houses or my grandma's house and i just would like eat and not talk to the friend while i was like watching <laughs> like singled out i'm not kidding i it would be like i would just oh my god i would go to friends houses and be like what should we do should we like call boys and I'd be like no are you afraid of the dark now because i like knew what was on but i didn't have access to it i would go to my grandma's house and just drink clearly canadian and <laughs> clearly canadian <laughs> and, and eat like brownies and just watch mtv but it was really bad when I got to college because then I had a TV and then I watched everything right. and also ate everything. With like unlimited access to TV and food, it was like, in, uh, it's when I was like the like, absolute nastiest, just like watching TV and like eating noodles. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So did the, I guess, I mean, what your parents were hoping would yeah, I mean, what was the reason for it? They just wanted you to avoid TV and be educational. But then doesn't it somehow backfire a little bit when when during college you're just like eating shit and watching shit? Yeah, but I guess like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. It was like when I was in their house, I was having like a turkey slice and like, you know, reading a book. And then as soon as I was gone, I just went crazy. But me and one of my brothers are like that. And then two of my brothers and my sister like don't watch TV or eat mm. junk. So that's but not. But they're also mass murderers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, they also just have like this huge hole in their brain where they like don't understand a lot of like the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, I, I, I had a friend in college who's in my improv group who he didn't watch anything. He didn't know about anything. He didn't know about anything. So he'd be like, "Poof, daddy!" <laughs> like he'd literally say stuff where you're like, and you don't want to make fun. Like you grew up in a different right. way, but it's when it's like many, like most of my conversations are about TV, like bullshit. So like, if you, can, it's like I don't know what. Like, should we talk about our personnel? Like, yeah, I know <laughs> we play celebrity on vacation with like my cousins and my family. And one time, my sister got the name Janet Jackson, and she's like, "I have no idea." We're like, "Okay, just like sound out the name." She's like. Oh, um, Bulls basketball coach daughter. Like, she just had, like, no <laughs> idea who Janet Jackson was. I love I'm like, you don't... 
Yeah, Bill of course. Jackson. No. Of course, because the only thing we know about is like both. But this was like two years ago, and she didn't know Janet how, Jackson. Like, how could you? Not, that's not even watching TV. That's like. She was a huge cultural phenomenon. I mean, she must at least know the nip slip from uh, the Super Bowl. No, I bet she wouldn't. I bet if you said like, oh, you know, like what was the Super Bowl? Uh, what was the controversy with Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson? She would not know. She'd be like, who's, you mean Phil Jackson's daughter? <laughs> Phil Jackson's daughter. She really wouldn't know. And the thing is, she's the smartest person in the world. She speaks six languages. She don't speak one language, pop culture. What? <laughs> That's my language, baby. All right, I know so, mine too. Um, so, so we're gonna watch this X Files episode that only aired. It rarely airs, if ever. Yeah. And uh, do you want to explain a little bit before we watch of why it didn't, or why why you picked it and why it's so uh, controversial? Sure. So I watched a lot of Law and Order um, SVU. And um, I on Netflix. On it's on Instant, and I've seen every episode. Um, and, and then most of Criminal Intents, and but then it was just like too real, and so then I was like, I got to do something that's not gonna like creep me out when I'm walking home alone and staying in my apartment by myself. So then I watched Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. which is like super fa- like fantasy whatever, and I loved it. It was super weird and super funny, and then it was just like a gateway drug into X Files, and then. I was talking about X-Files with people and they were like, we got to see the episode that never aired or that only aired once. And the reason it only aired once is because it's so fucked up. And so I watched, it was the first X-Files episode I watched and now I've seen almost all of them. Yeah. It's just a funny, smart show. Um, that's like everything I'm interested in, like weird crime, funny female lead. Yeah. It's really cool. It's a great show. I remember watching it. My brother was really into it. I think it was on a Friday night. So yes, it was. With, I'd watch with him. Um, and I don't remember. How, I mean, I remember watching a bunch, but I don't remember being like a religious watcher of it. But it was so cool. Really creepy. And I watched the pilot in uh, getting ready for this podcast. I watched the pilot in one other episode that was like a highly recommended episode. And it's just so good. The setups are so good. The characters are great. And it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, their characters are so good. Like, they match each other so well. Mm-hmm. And I actually, with uh, Will Hines, I watched a TV show called Kolchak the Night Stalker from the 70s, mm-hmm. which is this crazy, like, fantasy like show like this where he explores, the like, all this phenomena. And this is the guy who created this. I think his name's Chris Carter or maybe uh, forever. No, that's right. Um he he said that that show Kolchak was like a real big uh, influence on him, and it's funny to see it now that I've watched this other show. And it's like wow, it's really based sort of on this hokey like seventies uh, monster show. Oh yeah, there's something um, like cheesy in the best way about X Files. It's, it's cool because it's crazy. I mean, you literally see like the like take me to your leader aliens and uh-huh. stuff. But you're like, oh, I'm totally into this. The like they make it real in a way that's it's not. Uh, like you believe it, but you're like they deal with it as realistically as you could. I guess. Yeah. Um. So cool. I'm excited to check out this episode. Yeah. And um, let's go home for the holidays. Oh, he winked. Because the episode's called Home. Uh huh. So let's watch it. Yes. Go home for the holidays. Please stop saying that. Do you want to watch it? I'm not going to look at you again. <laughs> home. Yes. For the holidays. <laughs> yeah. We're watching it. Home for the holidays. I could use a bit more elbow room. Thing is, see, folks have been dropping in to 
Ask about the case, and I wouldn't want anybody to pop in and see this. Well, you could just lock the door to the office. Well, folks know I never lock the door. Start rooms. This child has been afflicted by every rare birth defect known as science. I, I, I'm going to have to order DNA typing from the crime lab, but there appears to be abnormalities associated with Nulaxobus syndrome, Meckel-Gruber syndrome, estrophy of the cloaca. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. I guess we can rule out murder as the cause of death, huh? due to dirt in the nose and mouth indicating the dirt has been inhaled we just watched home the episode of x-files pretty pretty intense yeah i know it's not for the faint of heart it's not and it's also not for the faint of fart yeah (laughs) it might be might be for people who just kind of like poof one (laughs) (laughs) um so I'll just read the the synopsis that Netflix gives. It's uh, the agents encounter a family of inbred animal-like brothers living on a farm in a remote section of Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. The opening scene of that episode is probably one of the... If I was a kid, that would be like the scariest. That would be my nightmare. Yeah, and I really think it aired like Friday nights at 8 or something. Was, yeah, it was around that, probably 9... Ten, yeah, but like I watched that show when it I like was, competed with Step by Step. Yeah, I watched that when I was like, um, yeah, like nine, ten years old. Yeah, it is so fucked up. It is so fucked up. She's giving birth to. Yeah, wait. Yeah, this is. I guess this is sort of the spoiler, but I feel like we should just say what it is. Okay. I just feel like I should let somebody know that if they're going to watch it, this is a spoiler. Yeah. Basically, yeah, was, go ahead. You're... Basically, the opening scene is that it's, well, something I like about the episode is that it's so poorly lit that you just like kind of like make out shapes and eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> and the first scene is basically a dark, like a dark room where a woman is giving birth to something. Um, and it's just like kind of like little baby cries. And then these like three humongous, like animal, like dudes are standing over the body. It's so weird. And then they bury the body. They bury the baby. Yeah. Live alive. Yes. And, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons that it's not shown very often is because it's just so brutal. I mean, and, and I was reading online that they originally, I mean, they wanted to be even darker. Like they'd have the, like they sort of, you don't hear the baby crying when it's being buried. Yeah. That's because I guess the sensors made them take it out. Well, but you see the baby's fucking corpse. Yes. Then, so then the reason that Mulder and Scully, and I was wondering like, why would Mulder and Scully be called for this? Because it's, I mean, it's definitely a horrific crime, but it's not. There are there are a lot of amazing X File episodes where the first scene with um, Scully and Mulder, they're like, "Why are we here for this?" (laughs) It's like half the episodes when they show up, they're like, "But why would we be here?" Which is hilarious. (laughs) And in this one, the reason is because um, the uh, mayor mayor of the town, the sheriff of the town, says that. 
Oh well, that what they saw basically what the baby looked like wasn't like human. It Be- was- and then Scully says she looks at the baby that looks like a rotisserie chicken. Mm-hmm. Like a burnt, like a burnt, yeah. One like they the last sell. one left that sort of <laughs> yeah. fell in the back. Yeah, and what Scully says is, "This baby looks like it has every genetic mutation under the sun." Yes, every birth defect, every single birth defect. Um, and the spoiler is the big thing is that basically, oh, at the beginning, the the sheriff mentions that there are these three brothers. That they subsist on their own. They're, it's basically an inbred family. Yeah. And that they've, it's been like that for years. They've lived there since the Civil War, if not before. And their mother and father were in a, The War of Northern Aggression. The War of Northern Aggression. And, uh, and uh, as it was said in the episode, we are not. <laughs> we, we are not racist. No. And, um, and uh, that they've subsisted by themselves. Oh, and then their parents were in a car crash. Like ten years ago, and they assumed the parents died, but they right. wouldn't let them have medical attention. So the the ending is that it's the woman who is screaming is the mother that they've all been having sex with, and apparently the baby with every genetic mutation is the child of all three of them. Of all three of them, and also the mother, because the car accident has no limbs. Uh huh, and no teeth, and her face is just smashed in. And an interesting. Little, but a cute dress. Oh, beautiful! She, I mean, she worked it. <laughs> it's like a cute flower dress. <laughs> um, I read online that uh, this episode was actually partially inspired by a part of Charlie Chaplin's autobiography, where he said that he was in London and the family invited them over to after a show or something to see. Um, a family was like, come look at our baby. And they kept their baby in like a trunk under their bed without limbs. And like it wriggled around and danced. Ah, uh, that's insane. That's so that's, isn't that crazy? That's from Charlie Chaplin's autobiography. Yeah, biography or autobiography. Um, that's what I read on online. And I vague, I think I read in a biography of him and I sort of. He, that sounds like just that. the craziest thing in the world. Yes. And then on top of that. The, one of the sources for the for the the show this is from Wikipedia is that is uh, based on this documentary called Brothers Keeper. Have you ever seen that? Yes, I have seen Brothers Keeper, and it's so messed up. It is so messed up. Mm-hmm. That's about what's that upstate New York or something? Yeah, and three brothers mm-hmm. who are all inbred. Mm-hmm. One of them dies, mm-hmm. and then it's like a trial. They're all illiterate. Oh, they yeah. all and basically, oh, it's just so disturbing. Yeah, it is. It's it is. Um, oh man, it's they're part of that family uh, in upstate New York that are all um, uh, inbred that live in like the that like Bear Mountain area. The Ward the Ward family, or something. yeah, the related to somebody like high profile or something, or maybe. Um, like... Oh man, the Jackson Whites. What's that? The Jackson Whites. Yeah, that's right. It's like just a major inbred family that it's like they live in like the mountains of upstate New York. And basically, uh, it's so disturbing, but one of them like suffocates in bed and then they found like traces of semen on him. So they're like, they're having sex together or something. And then 
they like basically coerced one of the brothers to admitting that he did it, but he couldn't read, so he just signed a confession that he had no. I mean, it's like that documentary is so disturbing. I mean, yeah, I don't know. And the saddest thing about this episode is that it's like a baby. I don't know. I there's a million things that are sad about this episode, or like what makes it freaky. But I don't. It's just crazy. I, I I don't know. Why? But there's still room for jokes. Like I know that's the crazy thing. My is that it's fa- hilarious. My favorite part is when they break into the house for the first time, and um, they've just watched another deputy get his head chopped off, and they have entrance to the home. And they're like looking around trying to find the source of the baby. They're like trying to find a woman they believe is in captivity, um, and. Mulder's like, oh, Scully. And she's like, what is it, Mulder? And then he holds up an old newspaper that says Elvis is dead. And he just makes this face that's like, oh, no, Elvis is dead. It's just funny. I know. Yeah. And you picked up one that I totally missed. But, um, well, this is also just a hilarious idea that basically uh, these these um, inbred men, they end up murdering the sheriff yes. of the town. Oh, because, and his wife. And his, Oh, why not? Yeah, and, throw that one in for good measure. And his wife. Um, and uh, so Scully and Mulder and the sh- sheriff's deputy. And also the sh- another funny part is that the sheriff's name is Andy Taylor and the deputy's name is Barney. And it's based on the Andy Griffith show. Uh, and when they go to surround the house of these inbred guys, the, the sheriff's deputy dies. And they're like, okay, we need to get – the house is obviously booby-trapped. Which is totally home alone. Totally. And then they to get them out of the house, they're like, What are we gonna do? Let's release the pigs. And Uh huh. That's how you get the that's how you get the peacock family annoyed is release their pigs and then watch them chase pigs. And they chase pigs for like half an hour, (laughs) which was the funniest part, which there's just a shot of Mulder watching them from in, he's inside the house just watching the chase the pig and they're like because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're so stupid they're like seven feet tall and like just pure muscle and they basically killed the sheriff by just like they beat him to death with like a club like um pure caveman is what they say and then but then they like get really just like riled up chasing pigs yeah. <laughs> Wait, you said there was a joke based on the t- movie P- Babe, the pig. Oh yeah, um they're Scully and Mulder are trying to figure out how to get the pigs to be There's like these huge hogs because they subsist just on their own, so there's like these enormous pigs that they like chop up and eat. And Scully, it's so 90s. Um and Scully's like, "How do you get these pigs to move?" And then she says, whispers in their ears, Baram you and then Mulder's like what are you doing and she's like oh I have a niece I have to watch babe with her like 15 times a day and it's like what are you talking about that has no place in this episode wait what is also what is that what's that reference in babe Baram you it's isn't it what like the farmer says oh, to no the pig I don't know I haven't well, seen babe I in love, a long time I love the idea also that they have like Mulder and Scully, based on the show, they obviously have no personal life. Like, every part of their life oh, is please. an episode of X-Files. Although, you know that Mulder is like a sex addict in the show. Well, in real And life. in real life, too. Wait, is he in the show? Yes. I don't remember that. There's Explain. Like, there's like constant references to how he was like 
out womanizing the night before. There's an episode where he has a waterbed and like Scully's kind of ribbing him about having a waterbed, but he's like like a womanizer on the show. It's so funny, David Duchovny, because he... Then he's in California Cage, which I've never really seen, but isn't that That's about whole? someone who's a sex addict. And, and then he, he in, in real, real life, life has is said a, sex a sex addict. addict. And, and he I, went to like sex rehab or whatever. And I think in the Larry Sanders show, there are like a couple episodes where he's in it. And I vaguely remember the plots are around him like hitting on people. Yes, so. I think so. I think he hits on like Janine Garofalo or something maybe. And so I fun. can't remember. It's so funny that he's like... I guess everybody just knows that in his life. Like, I guess the writers are obviously aware of that. Like, you once you know a person, you start writing around them a little bit to the character or something. Yeah, I never found him attractive. And when I was um, growing up, I would get all those, like, teen magazines, you know. Like, and you're like, who are these people? I've never seen them because I don't watch Yeah, TV. exactly. But I would see pictures of David Duchovny, and I, like, didn't get it. I'm like, I don't understand why this man's attractive. But now that I watch X-Files, I'm like, yeah, he's pretty sexy. And there's a lot of scenes where he doesn't have his shirt off on. And um, there also is a lot of scenes where he, he doesn't, doesn't have, have his shirt, shirt off. off. Yeah, he wears a full suit all, a lot. And the oh, the outfits they put Scully in are amazing. Just like big old shoulder pads and just like <laughs> these like royal blue pantsuits. It's like so. Yeah, she she is so of the time in this show. Like. Also, I, I was looking her up on IMDb while we we're watching. She's in a ton of stuff, but I don't think of her. I don't. Like, she is just in the show. You know what I mean? Like, I, Yeah, I can't name anything Jillian Anderson's in. She she was in, um, I, I already forget. And I just looked yeah, I, nothing, nothing substantial where she's a big char- like main character, at least. That yeah. Um, but she's amazing in the show. Another weird thing about this episode is, like, how they, like, give Scully a hard time about not being a mother. That was very weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mulder says to her, is like, I never pictured you as a mom. And then the mother who is... Oh, my uh, God. And then the limbless mother who is attached to a board underneath the bed says, you obviously don't have children. Because... <laughs> yeah, That's like the ultimate insult. Yeah, exactly. Well, because Scully's like, we're going to get you out of here. And then she's like, or, we're going to get you home or somewhere. And then the mother's like, I am home. And then she looks at Scully and says, you obviously don't have any children. Because Scully, like, can't understand the, like, love that a mother would have for the sons and, and like, you know, why you wouldn't want to fuck them. <laughs> it's so weird that the, like, message in the episode is, like, all over the place. It's just <laughs> weird. It's just... It- I, I just remember that one of the brothers, I think, also might be the dad of the other brothers. Yeah, it seems like that's true. I think that... She gave birth to one of them, and then and he had sex with her, and had two sons. Yeah, I think that's how it goes. But oh, boy, yeah. But then, how is it going to continue if that rotisserie chicken was born? Because they don't add if the that oh, yeah, mom. So, oh, so well. So at the end of the episode, there's a big showdown in the house. Two of the brothers are killed. Then the dad brother escapes in a cattle in the Cadillac with the mom mom strap in the trunk <laughs> and and they just escape that's the end of the episode yeah they're, but they're they're... Gonna, and then she's like 
we got to, like, they were good boys, but we got to move on and create a new family. Like, oh. <laughs> we got to find a new place to call our home. <laughs> oh, God, so disturbing. Um, yeah, but there aren't any women in the line. So, like, they're, they're going to end. Like, there will be no more Peacock family. Well, not they, if there's a man and uh, they give birth to a girl and a boy. When? If they do. Yeah, but they can't have kids. They tried to have a kid, and it was only that, like, that burnt just, chicken. Hey, come on. Give it one more try. <laughs> give it one more shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't we just try and have a, one more little kid? <laughs> so did you, when you were um, a kid, and did you ever watch this show? Or, no. So you never saw this show until you started watching it on Netflix? And yeah, this summer, yeah. Um, it is such a cool show. I, there, are only, there are a couple episodes that I remember, like, standing out. But the, it's been on for so many years. I remember one episode where they go to like a freak show and there's a guy with puzzle piece tattoos all over himself. Mm, I haven't seen that one. Mm. I'm really into uh, one where they relive the same day over and over again. Whoa, like Groundhog Day? Mm-hmm, except it's about a bank robbery and uh, it's pretty awesome. And then there's another one where um, Scully and Mulder describe the same case but from their different points of view that Luke Wilson is in and that's very funny. Whoa. Uh-huh. Arashimon. Arashimon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what other ones? Well, there, I remember one that I really like. I think Jack Black was in an episode with Giovanni Ribisi. That guy is an amazing actor. He uh, he was in an episode where... Uh, maybe they were the same episode. Maybe the different ones. But I remember Giovanni Ribisi being in one where he like can he can make cars crash. Like he can manipulate objects and uh-huh. makes cars crash and it's i remember that really stuck with me yeah, there's another one about a um someone who's like a uh, like a fortune teller that was really good oh man giovanni rubisi he's really good what movie was he just the um the like kidnapped the kid in he was the bad guy in avatar that's what you're thinking of he was i think so um wait were they kidnap a kid he kidnaps the kid it's a comedy he kidnaps a kid. Yeah. Giovanna Ribisi. Yeah. And he's waiting in the parking lot for the kid. And he's like, we need that kid. I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Oh, like you got to look it up. <laughs> I've seen it. That kid. And he's in the part, the parking lot waiting for the people. I can't remember. This is, that's the worst description of a movie. <laughs> They're in the parking lot waiting. He's in the, the parking lot waiting for the people. You don't I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know the movie either. <laughs> he's a great um, actor. He has a great career, and he's like not a superstar, but he's had a really good like full career. He has, and he seems like he was maybe he was in the Mod Squad. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so crazy to think that this show was on like broadcast to, like Channel Five, you know, like yeah. Fox or Fox, and. I was saying to you during the episode, like now this, like this feels like it would fit in now because of like Breaking Bad, The Wire, but those are all like cable shows. I mean, barely. Like, what is the most violent scene in Breaking Bad where he watches um, the the girl choke on her vomit in bed? Where That's- Brian Cranston. Watch Chris. Watches I mean, Kristen they, they, Ritter. They put it bodies in acid, but this is yeah. This, but you don't watch you don't that happen. It. This yeah. The one of the grossest parts of this scene was they bury the baby, and then the next day, kids are playing baseball. That's my favorite. And oh yeah, you gotta have a baseball field next to the inbred family's home. It reminded me and of, everybody, of everybody the knows. Lot, you know, oh my like, god, yeah. 
everybody knows it's like uh, Sandlot's one of my favorite movies. Um, everybody knows that this family is like inbred, and then the parents are like, "Have fun playing baseball." Yeah, and then the kids like at home played, and he's moving his foot in the dirt, and then blood starts just like gushing, and then a baby's hand appears. Oh, yeah, I like that because it has the same Law and Order quality where the first scene. Or like the first scene after the credits or the commercial break is always just like an insane non sequitur. I love that. Um, you, you so you've watched. You mentioned before that you watched like every episode of Law and Order. Yeah. What I what is it about that show? It's amazing. It is funny, smart. Maybe part of it has to do with like that they're like going around places in New York city where I normally am. A lot of them are ripped from the headlines. So that's interesting to me. Um, there's like constantly have amazing guest stars on it. And, uh, yeah, the plots are interesting to me. Sometimes I don't know who, uh, is guilty until like the very end, like the last five minutes, which I really like. I like not being ahead of it. But you're really into crime too. Cause I remember you, wait, I think I lent it to you. I don't know if you read it, but that, um, the Charles Manson book, the yes. Helter Skelter. I'm I I can't watch a scary movie. I really can't. I can't watch like Scream even, which is like, a, <laughs> like which is like a yeah. satire of a scary movie. I can't watch it. I'm obsessed with like true crime. I really am, and I give myself nightmares. And I don't know, especially Law and Order, because it's like. That is happening close. Like those rip from the headline things, that's like happening in the city I live in as like a target for those type of people. <laughs> Seriously, like a, a young girl who will have no way to defend herself. I'm like constantly out <laughs> late at night. So um, if you're listening and you're, and yeah, you're into crime, I crimes. am a target. I am a target. I have been mugged five times in New York really? City because I'm out late by myself walking home and it's like i am who these people what was the scariest moment of your muggings that sounds terrifying i was mugged on um uh i lived i used to live at 49th and 9th and it was so 9th uh, but i lived on 49th street between 9th and 10th but 9th was always really crowded love hanging out oh yeah that's your favorite neighborhood um but 9th was really crowded but then i was coming home late like after a show or something and then i was on 49th going into my apartment and then someone pushed in behind me pushed you into the apartment there were two doors like a lock on the outside and the lock on the inside and then i unlocked the um outside one someone like pushed in and then just asked for money so in the vestibule like that's terrifying so scary and it was too late at at night like nobody was around um but i just gave them money and they just let you left and it was like a small dude so i guess that is what wasn't scary about it um, three times I've been mugged by kind of small Mexican guys. <laughs> but that's also your type. Yeah. 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 You got a couple numbers. Huh? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. That's so, uh, yeah, I, it's not even, it's not funny, but law and order. I don't know. I guess I have some sick obsession with like crime stuff. I was obsessed with the Amanda Knox trial. Wait, which one? I, oh, I, Foxy Noxy. See, this is I when I was working at a day job like a year and a half ago or something. What was that woman that just had the thing with her kid? This was like a year and a half ago, Florida, uh, uh, brown hair. Oh, um, right. Who got found uh, innocent and now she's everywhere. Casey Anthony. Okay, Casey Anthony. Yeah, like 
I had never heard of that until it was like the big thing, like until like the day that the verdict was happening. But people yeah. are so into these things. Like, I don't know this. No, I'm only into them when it's like around trial time because they get a lot of um, they get a lot of like attention. Amanda Knox was uh, she's from Seattle and she was and she was studying abroad in Italy. Oh, and right. It was right. A, like a creepy like theater Girl, I feel creepy talking about this right now because I feel like she's going to track me down. Um, but she, <laughs> I really do. So Foxy Noxy, she's like an attractive young white girl who was studying abroad in Italy, but was weird, like was just kind of out there. And she had an Italian boyfriend and was always with this Italian boyfriend. And then her roommate in Italy was murdered and amanda knox said she came home and found her dead but people accused her and her boyfriend of killing her and then amanda knox is like just a a little affected so when she would like do tv interviews or like when the police questioned her she was like nervously laughing and smiling (sighs) but she got found innocent and now lives in seattle she was in jail, though. A big thing about the Amanda Knox trial is that because she was in Italian jail, it was like really, really hard for her to get extradited. Right. And so she was in an Italian jail for like three years. That's the scariest thing to me is like when you hear those stories like, oh, yeah, somebody's been in a, they've been in a jail in Singapore for 40 years. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen um, a Ganja Queen? No. It's about a woman. I think it's. No, it's not Singapore. It's about an Australian woman, and they found pounds of drugs on her when um, in her bag. Uh, I think weed. Oh, duh, ganja queen. Pounds of weed on her on a flight on her way to uh, maybe Thailand, and then she's been in a jail in Thailand ever since. And, that, and, and it, it was have, like six years and ago. And somebody might have planted it on her. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like that's crazy. That's so crazy. And like, she's going to spend her life in jail. Sounds cool, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like at least like maybe somebody will make a movie about her and she'll still be in jail. They made a documentary that was on HBO and she... I'll have to watch it. I mean, geez, that just reminded me of... I mean, this is going to be a dark episode, but we've already talked about it, But the uh, the um, Lost Par- uh, Paradise Paradise Lost. Lost. Like, same thing. Like, holy moly. Oh, my that God. so intense. Yeah. So crazy. The... The... Uh, the um, West Memphis Three. Yeah, those three kids that were uh, convicted of killing a young boy. Basically because they were like goth teenagers and in a town. And it was like, I know who did it. Those three dudes who dress and act differently than us. And it's also like, there's the, I feel like I've talked to this before, but the idea of like, they're devil worshippers. Oh, like, totally. Like, why is that a thing? Totally. Like, why that people in these small towns are like, it's the occult. It's the occult. But if you, if I don't know if, how much you know about the West Memphis Three, it was like one of the kids' weird stepdads. Yep. I've, I mean, I've watched all of those documents. I've watched all three of the documentaries. And it was There's like. one of those guys who in the most recent one. Did you watch the most recent one? Mm-mm. I read I think, a lot about the trial. I think HBO just put one out, I think, in the, the over the summer or in the spring or something. Because uh, they got acquitted last yeah, year. Um, thanks to Pearl Jam. <laughs> oh, I thought it was thanks to Johnny Depp. <laughs> Eddie, well, I th- I, Eddie Vedder was like a big... and uh, Yeah, Johnny Depp's obsessed with them too. Um, but, uh, uh, oh yeah, one of the dads like... 
made this video where he was like every three years, every time that they like vi- go back to interview him, he has like a totally different uh, like theory. It's like, and oh, and by the way, he was like on meth. You know, it's like, um, hello. I know. Yeah, that's oh, that's so... a really really fucked up story. I yeah, but I like. I don't know why I have there these. Is something very. I used to. I'm not like. Just once in a while, like I remember, I used to read stuff about serial killers. Like right before I went to bed, I don't know why. Like I am Please. the most scared person <laughs> in the world. Like and reading and actually, just there's this graphic novel that's over there that I should lend to you, but it's called My Friend Dahmer, and it's a kid who went to high school with Jeffrey Dahmer, and Jeffrey Dahmer was like their the group of friends. Like, Is it ma- mascot. fiction? It's a real story. The guy who drew and uh, wrote it, went to high, went actually went to high school with Jeffrey Dahmer, and uh, and uh, his group of friends were friends with Jeffrey Dahmer. Like he was their mascot. He was like the kid that they sort of made fun of, but like hung out with, but never really became that close with. And it is crazy. It's cr- I mean it's crazy because he was killing animals and stuff, and like and killed his the first his first victim like right after high school. It is. Yeah. Just I'm, that stuff is so in. I don't know what. I, I mean, I guess it's because you think, like, how could humans do something so. I know, but it is that type of thing. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It is so, like, beyond the realm of possibility that it's like, I don't know why I even, like, put this stuff in my head, but I'm like, I can't believe that someone else that is my species thinks this, but it is that, like, weird fascination. I don't know. It's awful. It's awful. I, like, fill my brain with this garbage. Even in Law & Order, like, I mean, I guess it's the same thing as, like, playing video games, where it's like, I believe this is possible because I'm constantly, like, reading about it. Right. Yeah. I won't go in a haunted house because... I know that there are people that are so crazy that there are actual people in a haunted house who have snuck in there who have real weapons who will f- hide in a haunted what? house and kill no. people. Yep. No. Yeah. What? I won't go in one because I'm like, there are psychos in this world who are hiding in this haunted house who will actually have a hypodermic needle filled with AIDS. And that's just <laughs> <laughs> seriously, I won't go in them because I don't trust people. I just love the idea of somebody getting a hypodermic needle filled with things and going to hell. That is terrifying. Yeah, because people are crazy. People people can come up with a number of ways to torture people. And I, yeah, it's just, I don't I'm know. I'm getting creeped out even just thinking, like talking about it. It's I know. So terrifying. I know. I know. And the thing is, like on tour and stuff like that, and even in my regular life, I'm constantly just alone in a hotel room, alone in my apartment, on a like train late at night. And I'm just like, or like even in a cab when I'm alone with a cab driver late at night, I'm like, yep, this is like how I'm going to go. Oh, God. <laughs> you have a terrible, you must be terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified constantly. <laughs> Do you know that show Fear Factor, the Tracy Morgan? Oh, uh, um, not Fear Factor. Yeah, yeah. Scare, oh, scare, scare Tactics. Scare Tactics, yeah. Well... I watched way too much of that show, and that show is cartoony. That show is like, "Hey, can you help me with the song? Can you like uh, help me move?" And then you like go to the apartment where you're helping someone move, and you move like a dresser, and there's like a body, and you're like supposed to see if your friend gets scared. I constantly think 
based on like, hey, can you audition for this thing? It's on Hudson Street, apartment two. I constantly think I'm being set up for scare tactics. <laughs> I'm going to show up and be like, I, I am, I'm suspicious of everyone and everything and it's because of what i fill my brain in believe me i wish i watched like nashville and pretty little liars and then just like skipped my way to the subway but i don't i don't watch those shows and i'm constantly like peering over my shoulder like i know that this man like raped someone he was babysitting for oh my well, at least you know when you get murdered that you'll when you're getting murdered you'll be like, "Oh, I was right." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's the only thing you get. Don't out of- trust anybody. <laughs> um, trust no one. Y- yeah, that's, that's right. That's from X Files. It is. Yeah, that's what it says during the intro music. No, it says the truth is out there. It also says trust no one. Really? I could be wrong. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Oh man, that is so. It's one, so, one oh. time I went on a road trip with um, Neil Casey. And well, we wasn't a road trip. We were like on tour and we, he was driving and he wouldn't let me drive the car. And so I was looking up different serial killers, saying a couple facts about them and he would need to guess the serial killer. Wow. And he was good. (laughs) A little too good. (laughs) (laughs) He knew a little too much about those serial killers. Yeah. I know. It's weird. It's really weird. Favorite serial killer. My favorite serial killer? Yeah. And by favorite, you can interpret it in any way because it doesn't need to be the person you like the most. Most fascinating. The most fascinating serial killer. Um, wait, John Wayne Gacy? Just yeah. like a clown? Oh. Um, had a, um Asian boy that he was about to kill who got loose in Milwaukee. And... Um, then they, he was Filipino and he was running down the street and ran into two cops and he said, please help me, please no, help that's, me. That's, that's Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. John Wayne Gacy was the clown, though. Yes, John Wayne Gacy was the clown, but I think that happened. The person escaping, that was Jeffrey Dahmer. The guy escaped. He was drugged. So they thought he was drunk. These two women called the police they're like, this guy's crazy. He's half mm-hmm. naked. And then, he's and then Dahmer and then, said, that's my boyfriend. And then, yeah. And then Dahmer, like, realized, I guess, must have realized the guy was gone and met the cops. And uh, he's like, that's my boyfriend. Oh, and really? The cops came back to his house with him. Jeffrey Dahmer showed him, showed the cops, like, pictures of um, that, that he had taken of the Filipino guy, like, while he's drugged, like, naked. And, like, this is proof that he's my boyfriend. They left him. I mean, that's like... Oh, yeah, you're you, right. You're right. Are you kidding me? I <laughs> only re- remember that now because I just recently read that. Oh, I thought that was John Wayne Gacy. Um, yeah, that's just so messed up. That's really messed up. Uh, oh, God. I just watched last week the um, this show on E. I can't remember where I was to have access to a TV. Uh, I can't remember where I was. Um, oh, I was at a hotel for on a tour, and I watched this show E. Uh, like um, like the thirty most heinous Hollywood crimes. Oh man! What was number one? What were any of them? What are uh, the they? number one was uh, Sharon Tate was the Manson murders. Oh, um, no, they're really sad. I like can't even talk about them right uh, now. It was like, you know, a lot of people have been murdered. It was like, um, 
Phil Hartman. Uh, that's the wor- that's the saddest. I, I know. Mean, that, I mean, that just so depressing. I know. I know. I was. Oh my god. I feel like my stomach's sinking because this is just so dark. But I'm more than obsessed with Chris Farley. Uh huh. And um, I love. I love him. There's like he like can't do wrong. Um, and I read his book, Chris Farley Show. Unbelievable. The most sad, the sad, saddest book. I know. So sad. I know. It really is. Um, I want to read it again. It's just so devastating. What a great, just a great person. Um, and then after I read this book, I was reading about, you know, how he died, the details of his death. Also, I'm from Chicago and um, he died in uh, the John Hancock building. He had an apartment there. Or was that the Sears Tower? I think it's Sean Hancock. Um, and I was like looking up the details of his death and a p- picture of his autopsy came up. Oh boy. Yeah. No good. Yeah. Yes. Bad. Yeah, I know. That's really bad. Yeah, it was really bad. But I don't know. I don't know why I have like a weird fascination with like crime and Yeah, death. there's just, yeah, there's just something so like otherworldly like you can't really comprehend it so no just, like how yeah you can't you can't wrap your mind around like and also what i fill my brain with is like okay death happens all the time violent deaths happen all the time crime happens all the time and so it's like kind of like a natural thing but it's like really really hard for me to like wrap my brain around it but that's why and, and that's why Shows like this, to bring it back to X-Files slightly, are so intriguing because you're like, with this episode, you're like, oh, this is so messed up. This could never happen. But like, yeah, stuff like that is... Happens. Yeah, that happens. I mean, like... And we've just become, like, completely desensitized to, like, the thing that is probably, like, the most horrific thing that can happen, you know? And we've just become, like, desensitized because we're, like, constantly, like, you know... Oh, woman, a babysitter stabs two kids and leaves them in the bath on the Upper West Side. Oh, oh. Like Hasidic Jew, um, like beheads a kid he takes to, was it like a, like a bar mitzvah? What happened in Williamsburg? <laughs> That's not, you know, they weren't going to a bar mitzvah. They were at some type of party. No, no. Oh, I the think, dentist. They were at the dentist. No, I think the kid was just going to walk home by himself and, and just got picked up. No, they were somewhere. They no, went to a dentist. You just want to make it more of a bar mitzvah. <laughs> no, and they were, getting their, they were getting their like curly cues done. <laughs> no, no. Wow. Oh, my God. This is, they were, yeah, they were. Um, That's in our neighborhood. That's like in the same borough we live in. Yeah, it's crazy. And the Upper West Side thing is 10 blocks away from where my best friend lives. Like, this stuff happens. I know. I was walking by um, the Empire State Building, and all I could think about was that guy that was shot yeah. in broad daylight. Yes. Like, 35th Street. We work uh, five blocks away from there. Yeah, I know. It's just, like, constant. Oh, it's terrifying. Well, the good thing is um, you have to bike home by yourself. I mean, at least it's getting dark. Yeah, it's just getting dark. um, And uh, yeah, you're going to die on your way (laughs) home. Oh, my God. You want to know that that really, this is not funny, but this is just, this just is what it is. This is just a dark episode for you. And I'm sorry. I'm not normally like this. I in 2004 was on the West 4th Street platform and I saw someone get hit by a train. Oh. Yep. On the West 4th Street stop. Uh-huh, on the A platform. A platform. What ha- like what happened? 
Um, I mean, for real, what, what happened? You, what did you see? What did you see? I mean, like the legs. But you did the person fall in? I don't know what happened, but the train hit him, and then it was just like their body was cut in half. Oh my god! Yes. How did you deal with that? Wait, uh, did we talk? I've, maybe I, we I have. We might have talked about this before. Maybe. That I mean, that's. I mean, that's so intense. Yeah, I know. It was so crazy. I know. It's just around us at all times. It's really crazy. I also saw someone get hit. No, that's not true. I was at Criff. I was at um, uh, Grace Papaya on um, West on Eighth Street and Sixth Avenue, the original Grace. And uh, it was like one thirty in the morning. I was with a girlfriend. And we were getting hot dogs. They no doy. It was over the summer. You're getting papaya juice. Yeah, it was over the summer in two thousand nine, and a bike flew through the plate glass window, and um, we're like, "What?" And you know, we like duck and cover because like the window was shattered, and it was like a bike that went through. And we're like, "Who threw their bike through the window of Grace Papaya?" But a cab had hit a biker and hit the bike from underneath him and so the bike went flying through the window but the biker was at curb checked his skull on six ab no helmet no helmet why why and there's like green juice coming from his skull but then he we called 911 and then the ambulance came and he got up his shoes had also flown to separate sides of sixth avenue which was like the weirdest part and um, but he got up and was like kind of talking. He was like, "Yeah, bike New York." <laughs> no, he was like, oh. uh, he was like, oh, "I'm fine, I'm fine." Oh my god! But he like had his skull like crack. Shock. Yes, and so he didn't believe that he was hurt, which is so crazy. He's like, "No, I gotta get a hot dog." Yeah, yeah. That is so. But upsetting. no helmet. Yeah, so wear a helmet. Yeah, oh. there's just, just like. Well, I think the real lesson we've learned from today is just stay indoors. Just <laughs> yeah, never yeah. never leave. Have sex with your own family, have your own kids and just self be self-sufficient and never Please. Thank God I don't have kids right now because I just live in constant fear for myself. So, I don't know if I had kids right now. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I could. I've got three brothers, so. <laughs> 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 oh god so dark <laughs> so dark um well thank you so much for, yeah, thanks. for having the most depressing sorry episode no it's great really really appreciate you coming by and watching thank you. with me and um having these strange discussions <laughs> yeah. um thank you fran thank you thank you